What's going on, everyone? I'm Paul from the Loda High Podcast, and in today's episode, I got the chance to interview one of the greatest college across face-off specialists, T.D. Erlen. T.D. plays at Yale University and has broken countless NCAA records, including having the highest single-season face-off percentage in all of college across history. T.D. and I talked about how he started getting into face-offs, his upcoming 2021 college across season, and much more. Make sure to go follow T.D. on Instagram, at T.D. underscore Erlen. Now, without further ado, let's get right into it. What's up, everyone? With me today on the Low to High podcast, I have Yale face-off midfielder T.D. Erlen. T.D., what's going on, man? How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. That's my pleasure. Um, how was your summer? It's good. Um, a little weird, probably, as everyone's is, but it's good at back at school for at least a little bit, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully a while, but you never know. Uh, it was good, though. Nice to be home back in a... Uh, back in Rochester, back in upstate and spend time with family, get away from it all. So it was nice. Good summer. How about you? Uh, mine was pretty good. You know, I mean, especially during these crazy times, you know, made the most of it. Um, did you, I asked this to everyone, do you watch any uh, new TV shows or movies during either quarantine or the summer? Yeah. I mean, I hit like all the big, I hit uh tiger King outer banks, uh, like, Literally every like cliche one I feel like that ever that everyone watched. Um, yeah, I mean, so probably a couple of them. Nothing right now though. I could use any recommendations. Uh, I think my personal favorite that I watched during quarantine was Entourage on HBO. That's a classic. Uh, I saw Ozark, which is really good. That's on Netflix, and I'm watching Sopranos right now, which is also a really good TV show. Uh, How does it feel being back at school? It's good. It's definitely really weird, um, especially with all the guys being on leave of absence. We can't really do too much or go anywhere or anything like that. But it's good to be back on campus, trying to feel like normalish again. Um, definitely weird with not meeting the freshmen or anything yet because they're still doing their two uh, their two week quarantine. But that should be up Sunday, and then hopefully get to meet a couple of them soon. Have you done any workouts with your team yet? We have uh, we have team workouts, but we gotta do them all individually. Um, can't do anything as a team for right now, but hopefully that changes as uh, as things move along here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's start off with a couple basic questions. Uh, where are you from? From Victor, New York, up in uh, upstate New York, God's country. Uh, born and raised. Uh, when did you start getting into lacrosse? I got into lacrosse. Right around kindergarten, first grade in the Victor Youth Program. Uh, coach Sudan gave me a stick. Coach Sudan's a legend out of Rochester, and now the Chrome head coach. So uh, oh, it's all, owe it all to him for getting me started. Me and my brother started. Um, who were some of your favorite players growing up? Growing up, just like a lot of the Nighthawks, like Chris Schiller, obviously Sudo. Um, everyone loves the Powells and the Gates, too, especially being Q's guys. So, um, Guys like that were really ones that suck out. And then as I got a little older, you got guys like Blaze Rudin, John Maloney, uh, guys like that who were they're like five or six years older, so they're almost like older brothers. And uh, it was cool to always see them. And then as I got older, and especially becoming a face-off guy, uh, guys like Brendan Fowler and uh, like Drew Simino, Nardella, guys like that always looked up to. So, so. Um... What, did you always like take face-offs or did you start playing field and then kind of transition into face-offs or how'd that start? Um, yeah, so I played midfield my entire life until sectionals came around for uh, 
second. So I was on JV as like a like a first or second. I think maybe probably a second line midfielder. And then they pulled up a bunch of us freshmen, and they just asked me to take faceoffs because I wrestled, and wrestling was like my main th- main sport back then. And they were like, "Yeah, or Coach Andre, I forget it." He called me during PE class to like the in the gym. He's like, "So you're gonna take faceoffs now?" I was like, "All right, I guess uh, I guess I'm taking faceoffs." He's like, "Yeah, don't worry, you're fine. All wrestlers are good, so you're gonna be good." And I was like, "Okay." So, and then from that, it kind of just. Uh, I just picked up from there. Still played a decent amount of midi in high school, and now now I'm still trying to work my way on a man up, but it hasn't really panned out yet. Um, so where'd you play in high school? I played Victor High School. Um, pretty fortunate enough, had a pretty pretty good group of guys came through and uh, won some games, and still have those guys as some of my best friends here today, which is really cool. Um, so it was nice try to put a try to put Victor on the map and all that fun stuff, but played Victor high school, then played uh flyers and orange cross travel across. Um, so yeah, not, not too huge of my summer circuit, but especially playing three sports in high school. Did you bring any uh, state chips home from uh, to Victor during your high school days? Uh, two of them too. Sophomore year, we were up 10, five in the semis and blew it, blew that. So that stings. But yeah, my junior senior year, we, we won both of them. Who'd you, uh, who'd you play your junior and senior year? Junior year, we uh, we played Manhasset in the finals. Um, got after him pretty good. I was at Tom Durand, who's my teammate at Yale. My junior year, he was on Manhasset, so it was always good to be able to chirp him. And then uh, Ward Melville, we beat in a really tight game my senior year, seven five. So that was both those really cool experiences, really cool games. Yeah, like that's uh, it's like two top twenty-five high school matchups, matchups in the in like national ranking. So it's always like yeah. you always get like a big crowd. I know where is it like St. John's Fisher the games? Yeah, I so St. John Fisher obviously right. It's right in Rochester and not even like like five miles tops away from Victor High School. So they came. The state championships were there like the next three years after my class left. So we got we we kind of got screwed on that. So we went down to Vassal my junior year, and then senior year we went down to Middletown, which is like as as you know, it's uh, it's pretty deep from upstate, um, at least where I'm from. So yeah, no, not near Fisher. We we had a hike. We had to stay a night at a hotel, and then it was nice. Next two years, I got to see my brother play at Fisher. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. Yeah, your brother Chase. He's a goalie. He plays at yeah. Cornell, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so tell me about like your early, uh, college, college career. Yeah, I think, uh, college, college is pretty crazy for everyone and everyone kind of has their own challenges they face. So then going into, uh, I was fortunate enough, coach Mar recruited me to Albany and Victor's got a nice little pipeline there. So John Maloney and Mitch Rupp went there and they're almost like older brothers. And then me and, uh, kid of my great Patrick Barrow went there and then Tanner Hay and now there's three more kids going this year so I just kind of followed that pipeline there um went in I was I think I weighed 165 pounds I was like five six five seven and I'm not very tall now but <laughs> at least I'm taller than that I like to think so I was tiny and just uh biggest thing for me was getting in the weight room and trying to get bigger and put on a little bit of weight and I got super fortunate um that uh when I got to Albany, for some reasons or another, they're just I was the only uh, 
I was the only healthy face-off guy and they kind of just threw me into it and gave me some confidence. Uh, obviously not fortunate for those other guys, but I still remain really close and can't thank those guys enough. Guys like Connor Russell and Zach Ornstein and Ryan Erickson, those three helped me tremendously. So my freshman year, definitely a lot of ups and downs. Uh, it's tough when you lose your game, the national quarterfinals on TV, uh, but yeah, a lot of a lot of ups and downs, but a lot of positives to take away from my freshman year there, and definitely thankful to guys like Ornstein and and Rusty who uh, who helped me out a lot. So going into your sophomore year, you were considered one of the best faceoff guys, if not uh, the best faceoff guy, right next to Trevor Baptiste. I think you went eighty percent from the X. Um, I think you led the D one in all of faceoff wins. Um, what was like your mentality during all that, especially when you Albany was like red hot, like better, like almost considered better than uh, than they were during like the uh, Mile Thompson and Lyle Thompson days. I don't know. That's pretty. It's cool to hear about that. I mean, those those Albany teams were really good. So, um, yeah, it was. I guess I was really focused on it at the time, and I just kind of focused on getting better one day to the next. And um, honestly, the biggest thing that kind of helped me was just. Trevor had such a big target on his back because he'd been the guy in college for so long that no one was really even focused on me until like probably 10 or 11 games into the season. So I just kind of, it was nice. I got to stay like under the radar, <laughs> which is a little bit different, I guess, than what I have to deal with now. But it was nice. I just stayed under the radar and just kind of just kept stacking them and putting them together and stringing along good games and just, just our offense was playing really well. So it just, Kept feeding the beast as <laughs> like counter fields, you know, it's easy to give him and McClancy the ball. They're going to score a lot. JD Calarusso is playing well. So uh, I think I was, I was having a really good year, but it was really, uh, it was really kind of just symbolic of the whole year we were having as a team. So we were just all rolling. And I mean, I was really fortunate that Albany, I had, uh, I had three all American wing guys, so yeah. they make it pretty easy to, uh, to win. And then, as we'll probably get to later, but I was fortunate enough with the same type of wings at Yale. Um, so do you, do you think that uh, Trevor Baptiste game, I think it was the quarterfinals was like still the top, one of the toughest games you've ever played in? Yeah, that's probably the hardest. It's probably the hardest game to ever play in just because there was so much around it, not lacrosse related and not playing the game. So there was all these things like TD versus Trevor and like so much media and stuff that I uh, just try to tone out but uh yeah it's honestly just to say you tone it out it's like you it's so you can't tone it out I mean there's doing interviews and stuff the whole week and you're going up against the guy at the time he was like probably the greatest player at the position and like no one would have even disputed it like it wasn't even close like there was it was Trevor and then there was like a pack like it wasn't like there is and it was even close so it was tough I just kind of had to focus on get my work in while avoiding all these outside factors that just didn't really matter. And, um, honestly, Drew Simino, um, helped me so much. He, uh, he really got me prepared for that matchup and stuff like that. So can't thank him enough. And then guys like Tom Kelly and, uh, Joe Nardella both got on the phone with me. Tommy came and helped me out a little bit too. So those three guys really just got me ready for the matchup. And then we thought we had a pretty good game plan wing wise with the, uh, with the <laughs> sorry I just I remembered a funny story that I'll get to next but I thought we had a pretty good game plan um they had two all-american wings and we kind of had 
I think three All-American wings. So it was like a really tough matchup wing-wise. So I knew it was going to be a good game. But I just remember going into that week, the whole year I, I had done pretty well. And then we're getting ready for game prep. And Coach Gleason, our D coordinator, threw a long pull out there to like simulate in case we needed to put a long pull on the face-off. And Glee was just like, it's like, no offense to you. Like, it's just we got to be careful. And then Coach Marr was just like, get him off the field. We're not going to need a long pull. And then I was like, all right. Like, I got someone who has confidence in me. <laughs> and then, then luckily it turned out all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you went fifty. You uh, went fifty percent that game, and that was. I think that's considered one of like the best face-off matchups in all of college history, and I think a lot of people could say that as well. Um, so after losing in the semifinals to Yale uh, in twenty eighteen, you decided to enter the transfer portal and transfer to Yale. Um, how come you decided on Yale? Um, honestly, it's there's a lot of answers that I could give, and. There's, I mean, there's so many things not to like about Yale. Obviously, it's the it's top three c- school in the country. The lacrosse alumni, in my opinion, is the best out of any lacrosse alumni. And I don't think it's close. I'm obviously very biased, but you got guys like Joe Sai and the Reese brothers, like, they're, they're great. Um, so for, there's all that with getting a job and setting yourself up for the next 40 years of my life. And um, kind of it was – down to Yale and Cornell right away. Obviously, my brother going to Cornell, being close to home, was a big draw. But it was just, um, it was just weird. I remember after visiting Yale, and I got in the car and I was texting a couple of my buddies from home, and I was just like, it's just like I don't know, it's some something about Yale feels right. I hadn't really made up my mind yet, but it just like seemed like I couldn't find a better fit, which is pretty crazy. Um, I met a bunch of the guys out at lunch and. I don't know why. I just felt like I wanted to go there. And uh, I remember even talking to my one of my best friends, Ryan Maloney, who my age plays at Cornell. And he just as soon as I was talking to him, he's like, he's just like, you're going to Yale, aren't you? He could just kind of tell by it just seemed like it was the right fit. Um, honestly, Coach Shea, just throughout that visit, like things that he wasn't even trying to just said a couple things that really like hit home with me. And uh yeah, like that was probably the main thing. I remember coach I think my biggest one of the things I just like thought was funny that coach said was just like we were sitting around and he's like, If you come here next year, like it could be really good, but like I don't know if you'll make it. Like you might you might flunk out. Like he was just kinda challenging me. And he's like, and then if you do play, like, who knows? Like we could lose every game. Like we think we're gonna be good, but like you don't know, like we could lose every game. He's like, yeah. It's not determined just because you're better on paper and I was like, That's like a good point. Like he's I always hate like the cliches, like everyone's like, oh, there's no way we're losing this game. And coach is like, yeah, like you very well could. Like there's another team. They're really good and they could score more goals. And so he just, yeah, he, uh, he coach Shea is probably, if not the main reason I came here. Uh, how was the transition from UAlbany TL, like academic wise, like, like trying to fit in with the team and all that stuff? I think fitting in the, with the team was such a smooth transition probably the only only hard part was there's i've never met another td in my life and then tom duran who actually um who played a manhattan i was saying he was also called td and so he's just like all right there's i've never heard anytime someone says td and it's like no one really knows me so they're talking to him and i'd look around like god and just get so angry and they're like get so frustrated but it was funny we made like kind of a joke out of it like we called each other like costco td like because you know One's, one's the worst brand, stuff like that. <laughs> but the transition of the team was was really smooth. Um, seemed like after I was here for a month and kind of like got acquainted with my class and stuff, seemed pretty seamless. And then uh, 
the, then the academic part, it took a little bit of adjusting. Obviously, going to Yale is a very tough school, but realizing just sit down and try and get done your work, you'll be fine. Um, I think kind of a funny story is I came out, me and John, Dan and Jealous were taking a test uh, for some random class. I don't even think it was very hard. And I came out, it was like my third test this time. I'm like, John, you guys do you like not do multiple choice tests here? Like that's all I took at Albany. He's like, yeah, we don't do multiple, multiple choice tests here. I was like, all right, all right. But after that, like, it's not as bad as everyone thinks. Mm. Um, so you, uh, so as well as you transferring to um, Yale in 2019, uh, Yale also recruited one of the number one faceoff guys in the 2018 recruiting recruiting class, Joe Newman. Did you and him have like a really good relationship with each other? Well, um, it's like almost like you were his big brother and like you could help him like almost uh, pave the way for him in the coming years. Yeah, I think at first there's, Friction's not the right word, but it's just kind of like we got to figure out how this is going to work, right? Because obviously everyone wants to play, but and it's easy for me to say in my shoes, but Joe's the best teammate I've ever had, probably. Like he's he's there, whatever I need, and he um for a guy who's been the best at his position for probably honestly since he was in like sixth grade, and he came in and um we battled it out and like nothing was set in stone whether who was going to start and then I just I luckily got the start against Villanova and kind of caught my stride but nothing was set in stone and after it's kind of seemed like I was doing pretty well um I mean Joe's role Joe is Joe's to even call him a backup is doing a disservice because he's as good as 99 percent of face-off guys out there right like I think mm-hmm. he'll be an all-american in the upcoming years he's phenomenal his hands are as good as anyone I've seen so he's always he's been helping me the whole time and I've been helping him and it's kind of like that big brother like I talk to him every day like talk to each other too much we spend too much time together and uh he like he came up to me and I remember it was after the fall and he I was kind of starting at this point and he was like he kind of was just saying, he was like, oh, I was so mad you like transferred here, but like, I now know it's like the best thing for me. And like just his approach and his maturity for being a kid that's a freshman was unreal to see. And like, after I'm gone, it's really cool that I know the program's in really good hands, especially with guys like him, Nick Ramsey and James Ball. Like I know the program's going to be fine face-off wise. And I mean, Coach A, Coach A's found a way of recruiting pretty good face-off guys way before me and he'll do for, however long he wants to keep coaching. So do you think um, like him having like him being there and uh, you were like practicing with him almost every day has made you a lot better since he's so good at what he does? Oh yeah. Like I wouldn't be where I am without, without Joe. And um, I mean, I can say, I guess I can say the same thing about all the guys that helped me at Albany. And I've been really fortunate with everyone's been so coachable and such good teammates. And uh, honestly, Joe's been like, a completely like new level of that super competitive um but says things as a suggestion and like says things he thinks and he's not afraid to speak up because his knowledge is he knows a lot about the position obviously and he's he's very good at it so if i don't have him and our other guys like i'm not nearly um not nearly able to do the job i i'd go out there and try to do without those guys yeah, especially when I've seen him play in, like, the short amounts of time. He's done super well, especially at the face-off X, going, like, above 50% in some of his games. So he's really cool to see uh, in the upcoming years. Yeah. So um, unlike the majority of Ivy League seniors, uh, you were allowed to stay at Yale with the extra year of eligibility granted you by the NCA because of uh, COVID-19. Um, how come you were allowed to stay? Uh, so – 
easiest answer is basically when I transfer in from Albany, not all of my credits transferred. Um, basically just cause Yale has classes, Yale, Albany has classes, Yale doesn't offer and vice versa. So like, there's just some that are going to be mismatched. So I didn't have enough credits to transfer. So they gave me five semesters to graduate and I'd only was on my fourth semester. So I was scheduled to come back, even though I only had one class to complete and I was just going to do it over the summer. So just kind of, found a loophole, I guess, so to speak, and uh, was lucky enough to come back. I think the nicest thing was I was talking to all of my uh, fellow seniors last year, and I was like, hey, like, they said I could come back, and, like, we had kind of realized none of the other seniors come back. I'd be like, I was like, I think it's pretty ridiculous that they say I can come back, but you guys can't. I was like, what are your thoughts? Like, obviously, I'm not going to go if, if you guys have an issue with it, and I was like, I don't hold anything against you guys. Like, I was like, I'm pretty mad that I'm allowed to go back and you guys can't come with me and like get to finish it on the right terms. And like Colin Courtney, who's one of the best teammates I've ever been a part of and gives us speeches and stuff before the games and just one of the best human beings. He was like, I think we would all be pissed if you didn't go back. And that was immediately after I sent the message and everyone was just like hopped on. They're like, what do you think? And like, obviously you gotta go back. I was like, I was just checking. Like, I just want to make sure. And then <laughs> The next day, I was just, like, called – I didn't even – I told Coach I was coming back, and, like, we kind of, like, assumed it was – like, if I was allowed to, I was going to come back, and then the media made such a big deal about it. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was funny to see. Um, do you think if Yale didn't allow you to stay for that extra year, you would have transferred or potentially tried to go pro? Um, would have tried to play lacrosse either way. Uh I mean, it's it would have been a tough decision for sure. Um, I don't know. It would have had to really be the right situation. If I went to a third school, I really wouldn't have wanted to play Yale again just because just because of the terms leaving on and stuff like that. It's so tough to play these guys. And honestly, same thing. Kind of, it's always tough to play Albany. Um, so I, going to a third school would have been really tough, and having to play guys that you look at as your brother again and going against guys that recruited you and stuff like that. Like, it's really tough to do that. So three schools would have been tough. Uh, definitely would have considered playing professional lacrosse if uh, the right opportunity came about and uh, had the option to do it. So, but yeah, definitely would have played lacrosse if, uh, if it didn't work out. I saw ECD like posted a video of like them saying like TD Erland declares for the PLL draft. And then like two <laughs> days later, uh, you put on your Instagram, they were coming back for your extra year. So I was, I remember that. So I was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pablo, you know, you know, did you see, did you see that? Plus information. Yeah. I saw, I, I want to say like, as you know, Andrew, I think he sent it to me. He's like, you're going. And I was like, I didn't think I was, I was like, I guess did someone make, I was like, did someone not notify me? Like there was a bunch of my teammates who knew I was coming back and like, what, what you're leaving us. And I was like, I didn't say anything. I was like, I was like, they just wanted to make this post. I was like, I guess it's good buzz, but it's just not true. <laughs> they took it down like two seconds after you put like, uh, like everyone, like inside the cross post, they were coming back a bunch of other people. Like I looked to see if the video was still there. It was gone. Damn. Yeah, it was a cool edit, I think, if I, if I recall correctly. But it was so a bunch of people commented, and I was like, I didn't know I was leaving. So, <laughs> um, so as you probably know better than anyone else, that the uh, NCAA decided to fully change the face-off rules on July 22nd, stating that you could only face off standing up and with a neutral grip. Uh, what were what were some of your initial thoughts about that? Yeah, honestly, initial reaction, I'm like. <laughs> 
what are you guys doing? Like, I, it's just, it was pretty disheartening. Like, no one even asked for, like, not that's my opinion or, like, it's my say, but, like, we could have brought 10 college kids together, like, 10 of the college face-off guys and the whole committee, coaches, and, like, we could, like, talk through the best solution instead of these guys who are on the committee who have not taken a face-off. And it's no offense to them. It's, like, I wouldn't make a rule about, like, substituting, like, goalie or substituting. Like, I don't know how that works. But, like, for them to kind of just throw – stuff at the wall and see what works i'm like all right like especially like you got all these kids like that are deciding with covid and everything like all right i'm gonna come back and like schools are cutting on scholarships because there's no football and stuff like that and like like ivy league schools like we're all financial aid based where you don't like get athletic scholarships and they're like all right so congrats on like coming back to school like we're just gonna change this role and all you seniors that have been doing it for like 13 years and i was talking to gerard or sarah like this is just absolutely ridiculous. Like, we're just like, you want to make this rule announcement before we decide to come back? So, so yeah, I was, like, pretty pretty pissed. And also, too, it was just, like, the reasonings for why they did it, like, they just weren't solved by, like, the rule change. So, like, it didn't make any sense to me. Like, we were just saying, they're like, oh, we want to, like, uh, stop tie-ups. And we're like, because there's, like, three every year. Like, is that what you guys are mad about? Like, I don't know. It's like, I would be – it's annoying when there's a long possession and they hit the pipe five times too. Right. Like that would be annoying too. Like, like there's like, that's what, it's what happens. And it's like when everyone looks at like, I think when we played Penn state and there was like two long tie-ups that were like 40 seconds. And it was like, the fans loved it. I was like, we were, I was like being from someone who was there and a part of it. Like the, the place was as loud as it ever was during those face-offs. And I was like, so I was like, I don't see it as like a bad thing. It's like something that separates our sport from any other sport. So that was like initial reaction. I was just like, greatest point. It was also like, I did think it was like people, they just didn't like kids who were very good at the rule and they didn't, they weren't going to swallow their pride and try and find someone to help them coach. Right. It's just mm-hmm. like, so yeah, it was pretty disappointing, but I mean, it is what it is like sit around and complain, but like everyone was always, everyone was just talking about like, Oh, like don't complain, just change. And it was like, yeah, like, I'm going to complain a little because, like, I've done this for 15 years, and then just because you guys think a couple guys are too good at it, you're going to change it? Like, yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. Like, it, like Trevor Trevor texted me right after, and he's like, this is pretty wild that they're doing this now. He's like, I literally would take the ball, clamp it, and look around for 30 seconds after I had it when I was a freshman, and now they change it. Like, two rules changes after. So I was like, yeah, it's just pretty – I don't know. But so yeah, I'm still fired up about it, but uh, I'm coming to peace with it. <laughs> no, I'm, I agree with you. I think it was kind of ridiculous, especially like I'm a face-off guy too. And you do like, you change something like I would, like we said earlier about like being a goalie. Like if I, I know nothing about being a goalie and I change something, like if a goalie's too dominant, like I don't have the right to change something about like being a goalie. Like we should get like a real goal, like a college goalie to like talk about that and see what can help solve the issue. And it's not like yeah. people are way too dominant. Like, I think it was Grant Amon had 95 assists, like, and Mac O'Keefe had 70 goals. I think that's – and, like, Mac O'Keefe had, had 10 goals in one game. And is that not yeah. considered too dominant? What would you do yeah. – like, what would you do to fix that? Like, make the goal, like, 5-by-5 five five instead of 6-by-6? Six six? Yeah. People would go ballistic if that happened. So, yeah. I think that's so, a yeah. little – I think It's, it's like little, telling Mac O'Keefe he only can shoot overhand. It's like – Yeah, because yeah. he's too good at what he does. 
Because you, yeah, like, exactly. It's you're like, too good at what you have. What you're too good at what you do, so you have to change what you do. Yeah, doesn't really yeah. doesn't really make uh, sense to me. But yeah, do you, I do you agree. Think, yeah. Do you think there's anything good that you like about it so far after trying it for a while? Um. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess good. Good's relative. Like, you know, it's like the same thing as like I think guys who were good before are still gonna be good now. Um. Hopefully, <laughs> like I'm hoping I'm not brutal, but um, yeah. So it's just like there's things that are like it's kind of interesting to relearn faceoffs in a sense. But like for me, I'm trying to keep it a little bit similar. Um, I don't know. I guess there's. I think one thing that's good is like kids got to be a little bit better at ground balls and stuff like that. I guess and right now it seems that, but we'll see what happens when games come out. Um, I mean I don't know. There's like I guess there's some good things because there is a. Uh, there's like some things that you could do stand up that you can do knee down and like vice versa. So maybe it makes it a little more creative, but I don't know, I guess in everything that is legal now was legal still before. So you still could have done it. It's just, you didn't have to, if that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, there's good, there's good things about it. There's, but like, there's also bad. Like, I just think like you gotta stop changing it. If you want people to treat our sport, like a real sport, like it's a very integral part of the game. Like, if it's going to stay, then stop changing it. Like you don't see any other professional sports leagues that have the NBA with all these rules. And then you have college with completely different set of rules. Right. Yeah. So, and going back to the whole tie up thing, I was watching the elite eight, like the inside lacrosse thing about like the 22, uh, the 22 is playing. I saw a bunch of tie ups, so it didn't really like get rid of tie ups because there's still always going to be tie ups no matter what, because if they co- yeah. both come on the ball at the same time, there's going to be a lockout for like at least five or 10 seconds. So, doesn't yeah, really exactly. All right, so now looking on to 2021. So now with a couple of key seniors that either went pro or transferred to other colleges, who are some guys on your team that could help step up and play some big roles? Yeah, tough, tough senior class to lose. Um, I mean, bias take again, as like all my Yale bias takes are. But uh, like, I mean, it's pretty fair to say, I think, the 20 – the 2020 class at Yale was one of, if not the best in the country. I mean, between guys like Jackson Moore, Lucas Kotler, Gaudy, Hines, uh, Renz. I mean, every, like every kid on our team in our class contributed meaningful minutes and meaningful roles to our team. Right. And even, even a guy like Colin Courtney who had a couple surgeries, um, he was just as important to our team, our team dynamic kid, like Sam Salati, who is everyone's favorite kid on the team. So, Losing guys like that, as much as the guys who have all the accolades, like super tough for us. So it's going to be tough to replace those guys. And like, thing is, I, it's going to be replacing is kind of the wrong word because you just you can't replace a guy like Jackson Morrill, who's one of the best attackmen in the country. You just got to find a way to tweak our game so that uh, we can kind of, I guess, yeah, you're right for better for lack of a better term, replace them, but kind of just change how we play and change certain tweaks about us and keep on our identity. So I think a couple guys are going to step up. I think Matt Brandau is due for a really, really good year. Um, I mean, if you look back at his tournament run, he was on the all-tournament team as a true freshman and had, like, I think 10 goals. Not a, not a numbers guy, but uh, I think, like, 10 goals on championship weekend, which for a freshman, like, he's the stud. And I think he was on his way to another good year this year, too, before everything got shut down. So I think a big step for him. Um, looking for a couple, uh, 
couple guys got to fill in for Hines, um, especially he was such a leader of the defense. So I think you got to look to a guy like Chris Fake right away. I mean, one of the best defenders in the country. And it's now a lot of more talking and vocalizing comes on to him. Um, Midfield-wise, I think Brian Tevlin, Luke Eschbach, those guys are going to take big steps again like they have every year. Um, but I think some kind of, like, I guess sleepers you'd call them, um, like Brady McDermott, Kyle Zawadzki, kids like that, um, can need big jumps out of them, especially going to upperclassmen. And I think they have it in them. Um, I think Thomas Bragg showed you what he was made of. There's, I mean, there's a lot of guys that I think we're going to have step up. And, I mean, I'm forgetting – five, ten of them at least. And I think you're going to see guys jumping from freshman to sophomore. We didn't even get to see them have a full freshman year. So I think there's going to be guys like that who step up. But, I mean, I, I got faith in our guys. They're going to step up, and they're, we're going to try to find a way to make this uh, make it a good year. And you also have one of the best uh, freshmen in the country coming in this year, James Ball, who literally could play anywhere on the field. He could be a face-off yeah. guy, mid-year tech. So that's another. Yeah, cool don't look. tell him. Don't tell him that though. <laughs> Keep him level-headed right now. Yeah, no, he's he's a really special talent that he can uh, that he has the ability to do that at such a high level. So my final question for today: As you go into your final season playing lacrosse, uh, what are some things you're going to look forward to in 2021, and what are some things you're going to miss about playing college lacrosse? Um, definitely biggest thing I'm looking forward to is just having one, one last go with our guys and just trying to write, uh, write the story the right way. And I mean, if we win every game, if we lose every game, like at least I'm going to get to finish it on my own terms and I'm going to carry it out for the 2020 guys who didn't get to write it on their terms. So just trying to finish in the right way, just play Yale across, right. Play tough and, um, really just get to play at a high level again in the college atmosphere is everyone can, if you have the opportunity to play pro, it's just, you can play that really for as long as you want in theory until your body kind of gives out or like you just decide it's not for you. Right. So there's no real time cap on that. Like, so you're going to get say eight to 10 years there college, you get four years. So, I mean, it's, it's really, it's four great years and the atmospheres are unreal. The relationships it's like, Oh, so I'm, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. So just living that out one more time and doing it for all those guys, my seniors that didn't get the chance to do it. So definitely playing for those guys this year. And then, uh, and then probably thing I'm going to miss about college lacrosse. I mean, just the memories, it's like, you're just around that same team so much that you're so close. Like everything means so much. And especially, especially the program we got here, like we're together so much. We're literally like brothers. And every day I think about Yale lacrosse and I think about college lacrosse. And when I graduate, I'm still going to think about Yale lacrosse. Like, I'm going to think about the games. Like I'll think about, I'll think about the funny stuff that happened. (laughs) I'll think about the dumb things that happened. Think about, one of our buddies white so when he might throw it to the other team on the clear and stuff like that i'll think about jackson morrill when i hit the point and he never wants to score things like that i'll think about thomas bragg on the man up when he's just going to shoot from 16 and it's probably going in so it's uh yeah just <laughs> things like that the chirps like things like that you just i pro lacrosse would be great and everything if it works out but like things like that you're not going to get again so mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to miss that a lot. I missed it already talking about it. So, but yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm excited. Definitely get one more go at it and hopefully everything works out and everything, everything 
we're allowed to play. So that's yeah. that's the main goal. Hopefully. Uh, I forgot to ask you one more question. It's a funny question. Uh, this is about Matt Goddard and the PLL. So what was your initial reaction to that first game when he was, uh, <laughs> it was a little chirp monster over there? God, he's here right now. I should bring him in. <laughs> he's in the house. I should have a special guest. But uh, – <laughs> I mean, we weren't surprised. We we knew this was coming. Like, we if you watch any of his college games, he's just he's done it forever. And I I think I have a unique perspective. I played against him, him doing it to me, and then I played with him. <laughs> and he's just like, I honestly I think like everyone gets chirped, and like I get it's tough, and like he's a rookie in the league, but like I don't know. Everyone's got to relax. Like. I'm good, very good friends with Blaze, and like if you look what happened to Blaze after that game, he was the best goalie in the tournament. He was phenomenal, right? Mm-hmm. So like, he just—that's one thing he does. He's always done it, and it helps his team get an edge. Sometimes it backfires, but like, sometimes it helps us, right? Like, yeah. he had to chirp my brother. Like, so it's a tough to see him chirping your brother. It's like I can't. I'm like, I yeah, I've seen it when it's bad, but like. We knew this was going to happen, and honestly, I think it's pretty funny. Like, I think he, had, I think he's really clever. It's not like he's just like cursing the guys out. I just think he's pretty clever with it sometimes. Like, his one, I think the best trip of the game was when, um, sorry, it's going to sound like I'm calling I don't mean to do it, but this just how it's going to happen. So Jordan Wolf had Jared Newman on him, who's a good defender, and. I Jared Newman kind of was getting sauced up. Jordan Wolf had three goals in the first first quarter or something like that. And Jared Newman's mic'd up and he's just like he's like he's like, Yeah, like we just gotta play better defense out there and just faintly in the background you just hear Gaudy, no, you have to play better defense out there. And he's just so creative. <laughs> and like he doesn't even realize it's on camera, but I was like, that's so funny. Like that that's like it's so creative that's and he's really nonstop, funny. right? Isn't that so good? Like, I, it's got to be somewhere. But it's like, he's like, I got to play better defense. He's like, or he's like, we have to play better team defense. Like, we got to play better defense. He's like, no, you have to play better defense. <laughs> Just so funny. And, right? He's so <laughs> Especially hearing that, like, on a hot mic, and it's not even him mic'd yeah. up, and you hear it from someone no. else. <laughs> him saying. Exactly. As soon as, like, we're all texting when this happened, and he, he told us. We're like, this is going to be unreal. Like, it's just so funny. Oh, God. Yeah. But he's – the thing is, he's so clever about his chirps. It's like, that's what – exactly. I'm laughing thinking about it. Like, everyone got so mad. It's like, relax. Like, it's okay. Like, everyone – it's it's all in good fun. Like, yeah. Also, he shouldn't have got hit. It's, been funny. Yeah. I, it's happened to me. Yeah. He also yeah, shouldn't have like got that, cracked by – Jack. Yeah, that was just an uncalled for, like, trying to be a bad boy. Yeah, like, he's on the ground. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. It was like, and honestly, that's, like, part of Gaudy's thing. Like, then they scored two goals and won the game by one. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. Just, and he gets the last laugh. He's just the biggest pain in your butt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's a big, literally, he's the biggest pain in your butt ever. But And that's, like, what, that's what he's supposed to do. Awesome. Yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. Just, like, get yeah. them riled up. Because if you get them riled up, they'll, like, get angry. Then they won't start playing well. They'll start playing out of emotions instead of, like, out of playing, like, actual lacrosse. So that's, it's, like, a bad thing to, like, a bad, like, not like a, bad thing to do it's just like a habit that's like very annoying for the other team but yeah. it does work in your favor a lot yeah yeah he's 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 had his fair amount of chirps to me too there's there's been some good ones too oh it's funny uh, 
as much as I want to continue, uh, I think we got to wrap it up for today. Thank you so much, Chidi, for coming on the uh, the podcast. I hope you have a successful uh, co- final college career at Yale. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks for so thanks so much for coming on. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, me too. All right, see you, man. Yeah.